something great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon, swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup actually just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 30 of Mr. Benfica. Back with you again on another Friday night. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agostinho, and I hope everyone's doing well this week. It has been uh, been a long week for me, actually. Um, this, this episode was intended to drop for you guys back on Wednesday, unfortunately, uh, Monday, uh, I came down with a little bit of an illness, and um, by Wednesday, I had no voice. So, I do apologize if my voice sounds a little bit scratchy this week. I'm just getting it back. As most of you know, I do use my voice for work, so um, I talk all day long to people. Um, I have to interact with customers Um you know, so I really damaged my voice on on Tuesday, especially at work, uh, forcing it when when it wasn't feeling very good. Wednesday also, and uh, so Wednesday night when I wanted to originally record this episode um, and make it just about the Ligonage match against Moreirens last weekend, um, that was not able to happen. So tonight we've got two matches to talk about. We're gonna focus on the league game with Moreirens. We'll touch on the league cup match with Guimarães as well, but um, we're going to focus mostly on the Moreirense game. I do have to share something with you guys this week, um, as you are my, my listeners, and you've been listening, most of you've been listening to me now for 30 episodes, believe it or not. Here we are, episode number 30. Um, it is with a bit of a heavy heart that I uh, record this, this episode tonight, um, last Monday. Uh, I did come home sick from work. That was uh, one of the few times I've, I've ever done so. But I came home around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And as I was drifting off to sleep, you know, um, I was scrolling through through my cell phone. And I was checking out, you know, the social media uh, for the show. And I came across the... the um, 
Mr. Benfica Facebook page, so I got onto it, and it's, you know how when you go to your Facebook page, it shows you, um, your where it shows you your likes. It it has like one or two of your, of your friends that liked it, um, and then it says and however many more there are. So for the I saw a name there, um, that I hadn't noticed there before, and a friend from the past, and um. You know, and it said my friend's name, my friend Fotios, um, Fotios Barunis. It says Fotios likes your page, talking about the Mr. Befica page, not my personal page, but my my show page. And I said, "Ha, oh, that's uh, that's so cool." So uh, I clicked on his page to go say what's up to him. You know, I was gonna send him a, a, a quick message saying thanks for liking the show. Uh, have you listened? You know, whatever. And um, you know, I get to to Foti, Foti's page. I called him Foti, and quickly I see that. Um, well, uh, I'm seeing a lot of tributes, and I quickly understand that my friend Foti had passed away. Um, he was in Greece. He'd been in Greece for several months. Uh, him and his family were were taking, I think, six months uh, in Greece right now, and. Um, I just wanted to mention this on the show tonight because I don't know if you ever listened to the show or not. All right, my friend Fulty is an Ike fan, A-E-K. Um, I have a, I do have a memory because him and I um, once attended the same match, though we didn't know we were both there. Um, we, we knew each other but not well at the time, but uh, Benfica played Ike years ago. At the old uh, Giants Stadium down East Rutherford, New Jersey, where today MetLife Stadium stands or whatever it's called these days. I call it Giants Stadium still to this day because it's where the New York Giants and the New York Jets play their football. It's where, you know, um, the, the, the last, the Copa America Centenario final was played. I believe it's where the World Cup 2016. 26 final will be played so to me it is always giant stadium um and but it was the old one on the the artificial surface but it was it was Benfica versus Ike and um Benfica played quite well it was one of those end of the season friendlies not like we see now with the the um international champions cup this was an end of the season friendly and it was the last time Fabrizio Micoli would play for Benfica. Um, also in that game was Rui Costa and Katsoranis uh, was playing for Benfica at the time. And you know it was it was a it was the end of a season. But um, what I didn't know at the time because I didn't know him quite as well then uh, he was he was in the stands as well supporting his side. Um, and you know we got back. A few nights later, uh, we played soccer together. That's how I knew him. We played together, and uh, he's a bit older. He was a bit older than me. But, um, you know, we're playing against each other, and he says, hey, I saw your team on on Sunday. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I saw your team on Sunday. And we realized we were both at that match, and it, it was cool. But uh, I wanted to, to, rec- to just uh, mention this tonight because he was always – 
a very, very big supporter of my coaching career. We played together, yes, we played together several nights a week in in indoor soccer, as we call it here in the United States, basically five or six aside football, as they have in Europe or, or in, in England specifically. Um, and we'd play in these recreational leagues, you know, a couple nights a week, you know. And it, in the leagues we played, it's funny, like uh, – on Thursday, in the Thursday night league, we'd be on the same team. On Wednesday, we'd be playing against each other, and we played in tournaments together. And um, Foti taught me a lot about the defensive side of the game, playing with him. And um, if you ever play six aside, the way we play all the time is with two in the back. You know, a goalkeeper, two in the back, a midfielder, and two attackers. And I always shared the back line with him. I was never much of a of a defender um, until uh, later when I was in my twenties. So I started to, to I started to migrate backwards, um, especially playing in small sided games, whether it be be indoor, you know, six aside or futsal. I always I started I should say to to like to play in the back because of the ability of having the field in front of me. I always like my strength was always to read the game and what I could see in front of me. I was not not a a, a flashy player by any means. I liked to pass the ball. I could pass the ball well. Those my two strengths were probably my passing ability and my vision. Um so I beca- I I morphed into a defender as I got older. And Foti really really taught me a lot about defending and just how to angle my runs and how to how to come in at a at a certain angle and how to get arms this you know arms distance away from the attacker how to stand up a, an attacker that's dribbling that's dancing and how to just watch the ball and not watch the players you know happy feet Foti taught me a lot of that and um you know it was from playing with him I then in turn uh taught a lot of of my players how to defend better and he really he really taught me a lot about that that greek mentality of uh you know uh, of defending and you know a, a bad memory for us was a great memory for them back in um 20 2004 you know greece beating portugal of course in the euro final and the way they defended in that tournament and he, he really he really uh taught me about the defensive theory and the defense you know the principles of defending and cutting off spaces and cutting off passing lanes and forcing the opponent to to make the pass you want him to make and that it's not always about taking the ball and, and he made me understand that so um again he was very helpful to my players because indirectly I was able to pass that down to 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 many players over the years and like I said when I when I became a um when I was brought on to coach, you know, senior level football, under 23 football, um, and I was able to travel, you know, a good part of the eastern part of this United States and uh, with with both Boston Victory and with Real Boston Rams, you know, he was one of my biggest supporters. He was following the team. He was... Uh, you know, he was always asking me about the game. He was always giving me feedback when he saw something. And uh, really sad that I'd gone a couple of years without speaking to him. Uh, the last time I saw him, as I said in my Facebook post, was about, I don't even know how many years ago. I'm not even sure if my son had been born yet. But I was watching a UFC card. Okay, I was watching uh, mixed martial arts at a local a local uh, restaurant or a local sports uh, pub uh, known as Buffalo Wild Wings. It's a national chain here across the United States, and I was watching it, and I bumped into him, and I think we 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 just like when we used to play 
together. We ended up staying hours in the parking lot talking soccer, talking footy, talking football, you know, talking Greek Super League. He was telling me all about how Ike at that time had just been promoted back to the Greek Super League and he wanted to know how Benfica was doing and, you know, what I thought about Fernando Santos and uh you know I think so my son must have already been born because Fernando Santos had I believe just taken over the Portuguese national team and we talked a lot about that and um that was the last time I got to speak to to my friend and uh, like I said I was I was shook a bit to find out he was killed in an accident in Greece last uh last Sunday or Saturday night I'm not sure exactly when but um you know, a big influence on me as a coach and indirectly, obviously, in a way I watch these matches and the way I, I present them to you. So tonight I wanted to salute my friend, you know, my fallen friend, and thank you, uh, Foti. I'm sorry uh, we lost touch for, for you know, the past couple of years. So I ask everybody tonight, um, or this week I should say, listen, life is too short. If there's people in your life that are, you know are important to you don't let don't let anything uh prevent you from from saying hello from keeping in touch with those people that are important to you you never know when when someone will be gone you know so um that's just my little PSA tonight i guess um i know this is not really what i usually talk about but i couldn't you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, address this at the start of the show this week. Um, we got a packed show. Like I said, we're going to talk about the Morirens game. I'm going to give uh, some thoughts. And um, I'm gonna. It, it's not going to be overly positive, obviously. And uh, I have a lot of concerns right now about the direction this team is going in. And, uh, you know, I'll be voicing those over the course of the next hour or so. So uh, stay where you are, all right? We will be back. Um, we got to pay a bill here and then enjoy Reconquista. And on the back side, we've got a new segment, a little bit different look, um, something I'm trying out. I think this is a look I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take. And when I say a look, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit we're adding a little piece to the news tonight. So um, stay right there. I'll be right back. I am, of course, the Mr. Mike Agustino. This is Mr. Benfica. Find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, of course, on Facebook. Search for Mr. Benfica, two words. We'll be right back. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que eu não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega 
Do Algarve até ao Minho Vermelho pinta a Tuga E é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso Por direito que não vi Por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força Sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora Nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Welcome back everybody to Mr. Benfica This is episode 30 And in the news this week we're going to talk a little bit about Gabriel because my man, Gabriel, has returned to the pitch. All right, He was not in the starting 11 on Wednesday in the League Cup match uh, versus Vitória Guimarães at home. But he did come on in the 65th minute. Um, this is a big news story for Benfica because I think he has been sorely missed. Um, what he brings to the to the game, what he brings to the to the team, to the squad... It just doesn't appear to come from anybody else, and um, I think the biggest, biggest um, thing he brings, and I talked about this last year, as good as he is at breaking lines uh, with his long balls, as good as he is at his positioning, and as good as he is going forward, uh, what he really brings to me that I see is he completes a midfield that can then provide proper defensive cover um, and proper support to the center back pairing and I think that's been lacking because we have surrendered goals that we, we were not we were not giving up last season and that we don't normally give up when Gabriel is in the lineup so very positive to see him back on the pitch Wednesday night um, he'll be a candidate to start on Saturday against Vittorio Stubal um, I'm sure when the team sheet or I should say when the starting 11 is announced on Saturday um, I'd say it's a 50-50 chance whether or not he's in there maybe maybe he come he needs another appearance as a substitute again um, we do have Champions League coming around the corner um, this coming week um, Wednesday night coming up October the 2nd I believe is the date um, as Befica or October the 3rd perhaps as Befica is traveling now to Russia in what is now a six pointer Befica has to go there and get a result they absolutely cannot allow to fall allow themselves to fall any further behind um, if they want to get out of this group stage whether they do or not of course was one of the real big talking points in the last episode last week, um, so I won't revisit that. But uh, Gabriel returning to, to the squad is incredibly important, and um, it is a bit uplifting. Uh, also, Luis Felipe Vieira gave an interview this week to TV Eat, Portuguese uh, television. Uh, if you're interested and if you uh, understand Portuguese, you can find it online. Um, TV has their own media their media uh, website, a media player it's called. If you search for it online, I'm sure you'll be able to find it and you'll see the interview with uh, Luis Felipe Vieira. I'm not going to comment on it because I think I did. Uh, you guys know where I stand, I think, on LFV. And I don't want this to turn into conventional or mainstream media where I just start pushing an agenda. Um, I don't want to affect your opinions of the man or of the way this club is going. Uh, I'm simply giving you what I think in and um 
really the this show is my goal is that this is more about the football more about the tactics about what happens on the pitch so i uh, i'm gonna try to stay away a little bit more from what happens off the pitch unless it's something that i feel needs to be said and um you know we do have to hold the club accountable but um at this point like a lot of you i'm i'm ready for a change at the presidential uh position in this club but you know, the the will of the sauce usually will will determine that when the next election comes up. And um, kind of light on news this week, but we do have um, another another point to talk about. Benfica's women's football team are leaders. They are top of the table in the Liga BPE. Okay, they have six points along with Sporting and Football de Benfica. Um, you know, not to be confused with us, of course, a different club from the same neighborhood. But um, Benfica, our Benfica, Sport Lisboa Benfica, top of the table on goal difference. Um, winners last week on the road against Orinense. Um, 7-0, which brings their season tally now to 31 goals, 4, and none allowed a goal difference of plus 31, obviously putting them uh, about 13 or 14 goals ahead of Sporting. Remember, in a couple weeks, we do have a classic coming up. Uh, Benfica hosting Sporting. Um, and that game will be played at the Stadio de Luz. It'll be the first official women's match played at the Stadio de Luz. So stay tuned to this space, and we will we will definitely talk about that when it happens. Um, the new feature that I'm in, um, installing into this new segment is going to be, this is where I think it's a good spot to review the results of the previous week in the Liga Nage. So I'm going to read last week's Liga Nage results. All right. So, round five of the Liga Nage, or I should say round six, excuse me, of the Liga Nage went uh, this way. All right. We had in the first match of the round, Passos de Ferreira, now coached by Pepa, picking up a victory. I believe their first of the season, 2-1 at home over Avs. Um, on Saturday, Carlos Carvalhal took his Rio Ave team into the into the Jamor in front of a quite pathetic, I think it was 300 or some fans, and beat Bolinis Sadeke. Code City, no longer coached by Silas. He's got a new home. Um... I'll mention it quickly at the end. Don't want to to talk too much about his new home, but I'll mention it at the end of these results where Silage has landed. Um, but Bolinis Sad lose two 0 at home to Rio Ave, and later on Saturday, of course, Benfica uh, up north in Minho in Moreira dos Canagos beating Moreirense 2-1 on the road. And then Sunday's results, Gil Vicente 0-0 draw at home to Boavista. Tondela drop a 3-1 defeat at home to Vitória Guimarães. Vitória Stubel 0-0 at home to Portimonense. And, of course, Football Club do Porto closed out Saturday with a 2-0 controversial victory at home against Santa Clara in where, um, yeah, Video a Porto made its return to the Liga Nage. That's right. Not even with the VAR can they get it right in that stadium once again. And apparently, you know, blood is not enough of of a reason to to go to the to the video. Um, and what should have been a a straight red card. 
Of course, no, not even going to look at it. Whatever. <laughs> and this is what we're up against once again this season in the title race. But on Monday, two matches on Monday. Braga at home draws 2-2. Two Nunumantas Maritimu, a solid uh, result for the the Madeiran side. While Sapinch Braga continues to struggle in the league despite success in Europe, and the shock result, and I don't know why it's a shock to be honest with you. They are of course the league leaders. I'm talking about Fumalicão makes the trip south to Lisboa, goes into Stadio Alvalichu, and beats Sporting two to one. Um, Family count top of the table. We'll go over the standings at the end of the episode tonight, at the end of the podcast. And there's been one match now in the seventh round that was played earlier today. Boavista, nil-nil at home to Tondela. So another point for Peppa, another point for Tondela. That's really it for the news this week. And Mudridads um, are getting going. Uh, there's a big... Uh, Futsal this week as well. I believe we got Benfica Sporting this week in futsal, if I'm not mistaken, um, at least at one of the levels. But I believe it is in the Liga Sports zone, um, according to the BTV uh, TV listings. So we'll have a report on that or a, an update on that next episode next week. Okay. Um, basketball took a, a tough result today, a European result in qualifying the final playoff round, I believe, before entering the Champions League of Basketball. They were beaten by by a, I believe they were a Macedonian side, pretty handily, something like 96 to 65 or so. Um, the second leg will be um, sh- will be played in the next couple of days um, on the road. And uh, good luck, of course, to all of the modalidades. Um, hockey played uh, in the Elite Cup and uh, they're getting ready to 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 turn it around. This season is is being campaigned as the Reconquista in roller hockey. So obviously, stay tuned to that if you're into into the 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 quad hockey that they play in Portugal. Pretty cool sport, and it's uh, got a very passionate following. That's it for the news right there. So uh, we're gonna play a little audio here, and um, this is this is a little quick highlight reel. Uh, an audio highlight reel, if you will. It is in Spanish, courtesy of Goal TV here in the United States. This is what it sounded like on my TV, on La Plantaja de Goal TV. So uh, stay right here. And on the other side, we will get into Morirense versus Benfica, round six of the Liga Nage. I am the Mr. Mike Agustino, and this is Mr. Benfica. You know where to find me on Twitter, at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram, at Mr. Benfica. Tiro libre, 
aprovecha el rebote y remata de zurda para enviarla por afuera. Al 85, Rubén Díaz cabecea Santos y aparece Rafa Silva para encontrarse la pelota y anotar el empate al minuto 85. Había hecho poco Benfica y estaba teniendo un buen premio en su visita a Moreirense, pero ahí no terminaba todo. Porque aparecía el centro de Jota y es Ari Seferovic, se eleva sobre todos. Y en el descuento anota el tanto de la victoria para Benfica. Que con el triunfo está llegando a 15 puntos que lo colocan como líder de la primera liga de Portugal. A falta del encuentro del Famalicao mañana ante el Sporting. Victoria importante para el equipo de Bruno Laje. So without any further ado, let's get into the match now. All right, turn back the clock to Saturday, September the 21st of 2019. This is round six of the Liga Nós. We are in Moreira dos Conegos at the Parque de Jogos. Comendador Joaquim de Almeida Freitas. Maybe the longest stadium name in the league. This is, of course, one of the smallest pitches in the league as well. Um, a capacity crowd of about 6,000 in attendance. Uh, let's go into the lineups, if we will. Starting with, of course, the home side. Mureirense in goal. Mateus Passinato, the back four. João Aurelio on the right. Iago Santos in the middle, paired up with Cana Portuguese Canadian, Luso Canadian, if you will, ex Benfica or ex Benfica player, uh, Steven Vitoria. And the left back was Javan. Three-man midfield on the right, Fabio Pacheco, Alex Suarez in the center, and Philippe Suarez uh, on the left. A three-man attack with Luther Singh, the South African, on the right. Bilal in the middle, and Nene is the left forward uh, in this 4-3-3. Benfica f goes to their normal 4-4-2 for this one. And Odie is in goal as expected. The back four uh, is the normal first choice back four. Despite all the changes midweek in the Champions League, Bruno Lage returns to pretty much the same exact team he used in the previous round uh, at home to Gilles Vicente. Much to the frustration of many Benfiquistas. Andre Almeida, the right back, the center back pairing as always, Ferru and Ruben Diaz. And... Alex Grimaldo is the left back in midfield. Bizi is the right midfielder with the now somewhat normal pairing of Fasia and Tarapt uh, as the two central mids. And Rafa on the left. Go back to this. Go back to last um, February, March, and tell me who would have put any money down? Who would have bet? That in round six of the league this season, our center mid pairing would be Fasia and Adele Tarapt. That is is uh, very surprising. But right now, this is the pair that Brunelage is going with. Makes us all ask, where is Andreas Samadish? What has happened to Andreas Samadish? Um, there's theories out there. I've heard some of them. 
Um, I've heard some that are very plausible. Uh, one of them is that some say that the club is afraid to put Samadish back in there because if Samadish wins that position outright, um, when Florentino comes back, uh, the the direção, the board, wants Florentino on the pitch. They uh, have made it very clear that he, they believe he is the next 100 million pound transfer. And I suppose, even though they re-signed Samadij at the end of last season, they don't want the uh, very competent and very, um, very capable. Greek midfielder, I guess, standing in the way of some profit. Uh, there I go again, <laughs> pushing my opinion on there. Um, you're free to disagree with me, of course. Let's get back to this match now. Sofasia, Tarapt, Rafa, and PZ are the midfielders, as we said, up front. Once again, <sighs> once again, it's it's RDT and Seferovic. And um, when I saw this, I felt like headbutting a wall at this point. Um, this this has me more convinced than, than uh, ever that Bruno Lage is not the man calling the shots when it comes to picking the team. This is being done behind the scenes because you cannot go from a, a manager that last year um, understood his team and made so many necessary adjustments when the game and when situations called for it. And if something didn't work, he changed it. Now here we are, six months later, less than that, if you will. And all of a sudden, this if he's the one making these calls, when did when did this, this guy become so stubborn? Some say it's the money. Some say he got the big contract and now he's stubborn. I think someone else is pulling the strings. I think Bruno Lage is a good manager. But unfortunately, he's starting to come off as a bit of a yes man, just like the previous manager we had. That's where the comparisons for me end to him and the previous manager. But um, he's just seems to be... He just seems to be... Uh, Doing as he's told, I don't know. I don't have any actual knowledge, but from what I've seen and from what we've all seen, that is the best educated guess I can come up with because everyone and their mother can see that this pairing does not work. Um, yeah, you can keep, you can come back to it or situationally you can go to it, but this is clearly not working and I have a hard time believing that this man is this stubborn and this proud and this blind when he's shown that he's everything... But that up until this point, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt in in terms of I don't buy that this is his call. I really don't. But anyway, we start the match with the same 11 we finished the previous match in the Liga Nage uh, one week earlier. And three minutes into the match, we have the first foul of the game already by Morerense. It is Philippe Suarez with a foul on Rafa. Fourth minute, just a minute later, Javan wins uh, wins a free kick for himself and for his team in his defensive half, fouled by Pizzi. And then we see a nasty little uh, collision there uh, early in the match. And... It is an injury for Morerens. It is an injury to Javan. He is subbed by Anthony De Alberto um, in the sixth minute. And in the ninth minute, 
Ruben Dias concedes a corner. Moreirense have the corner. Nothing comes from it. 14th minute now. Peasy with a left-footed shot from the left side of the six-yard box. It's close, but he misses to the left on a play where he was set up by Seferovic. 15th minute. Um, it's Luther Singh now for Moreirense. He has a right-footed effort from a very difficult angle um, on the right. But he's close. He misses just right. He was assisted by Bilal on that play. Um, as Moreirense announces their presence in this match and uh, sends a quick signal across the bow that they are not here to lie down. 16th minute, Anthony De Alberto wins a free kick in his defensive half. Fouled by Andre Almeida. Uh, 17th minute, Harris Seferovic, of course, the Swiss assassin, wins a free kick down the left wing, fouled by Iago Santos. Nothing much happening there. A minute later, it's Rafa. The Casa Rafa continues as Rafa wins a free kick in the attacking half. He's nailed by Fabio Pacheco, and the yellow card comes out for the Moreirense player, Fabio Pacheco. Early, 18th minute, uh, he is the first one to go in the book. And Grimaldo's left-footed, uh, left-footed free kick effort is wide. Um, 20th minute, Tarapt winning a free kick. Already a lot of fouls in this match. He's fouled by Philippe Suarez, but the free kick is blocked as Raul de Tomaj tries to take his right-footed free kick from outside the box. It's blocked by the wall. We move to the 25th, and it is Bilal again for Moreres, a right-footed shot from the outside of the box. It's just a bit too high. Philippe Suarez plays him uh, into a nice bit of space, and Bilal has a go at Odie's goal, but he uh, sends it high, as we said there. Grimaldo's left-footed effort from outside the box misses just to the right in the 26th minute uh, on a pass from Pizzi. 30th minute, it's Luther Singh again. This time he's going to win a free kick, fouled by Andrea Almeida. And Andrea Almeida goes into the referee's book in the 30th minute as he is booked there for that foul on Luther Singh. 31st minute, Nanez, header from the center of the box, is close, but it misses just left. Assisted, uh, or I should say set up by Philippe Suarez with the cross. Two minutes later in the 33rd, Tarapt. He has a left-footed shot from outside the box. It's close, but misses to the right. Um, and again, in the 37th minute, it is Rafa being taken down, this time by Bilal. Casa Rafa, like we say. Um, and, Ra I, you know, I have to say something about this. And this, this is a theme that would play out throughout the match. Why is it when this team is not playing well, Okay, when they have trouble getting things going. Okay, do you do you guys notice how it becomes? And this is this is um this is not acceptable in my opinion for a team of this level, a team that is playing, you know, both, you know, planning on trying to win the the domestic league and playing in Europe and trying to advance in Europe, that when all else fails, they pass it to to the fast player, pass it to Rafa. And they just watch him as he... They set him up, essentially, to get nailed play after play after play. They just keep getting him hacked. And, you know, it's getting to the point where I'm starting to be concerned about 
you know, the longevity of this player. He's such an important player for Benfica. When all else fails, Rafa is always there with effort and with determination. And even when he doesn't play well, he makes things happen. And But if this continues, I'm very, very uh, concerned for the longevity of this player. Not just for the season, but for his career. How long can someone go on getting whacked like this? game how many yellow cards has this man drawn this season i would love to see the stat as to what player has drawn the most yellow cards i know it's him already i know it's rafa but how many time how many yellow cards has he drawn already this is another one in the 37th minute uh it is belel of course taking the yellow card for morenes and excuse me while I, t I take a little bit of gulp of water. As I said, my throat is is still not, um, in my throat and my voice, still not where I'd like it. It's drying out fast, so I do apologize if you hear some pauses for uh, and some gulps of water there. But we are going to get through this podcast. We're in the 40th minute now, and PZ has a left-footed shot from the center of the box. He misses left on a pass from Andre Almeida. PZ not playing well right now. I'm gonna be frank. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very blunt. Not playing well. He he's working. He's trying, but. It, he is such a key part of this team also. And also, I think this is also what's really alarming me and what's concerning me is uh, the way the team is unable to get anything going when it's not peasy and it's not Rafa. Okay, these two guys are carrying the play for us. And when they're off or when they're down, like we saw, you know, in other matches, especially against Porto, no, no more obvious than against Porto, uh, it's just not, nobody else is taking the lead. Tarapt is playing hard. Tarapt, I think, is already starting to 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 wear down a little bit because he's just playing so damn hard in every match, and uh, he's running it at, at high intensity. Um, he's working hard. You know what happens is a player like him who fell out of favor, who had to work so hard to get his way back into the team. What I'm seeing now is that he's he's forgotten how to pace himself in a match. You cannot go at this pace at at that intensity for 34 games or for you know 20 27 or 26 games, whatever we've got left in the season, plus Europe, plus Tassa, plus Tassa the Liga, um, Terapt <laughs> is going to need a rest soon. So Gabriel's reintroduction into this team is coming at a good point. I, I'm i going to predict that Terapt is going to move forward and when, when, when Gabriel reintegrates and finds himself back in the first 11, I predict Bruno Lage, that's when he's going to break away from this twin striker, uh, mold they've been playing with and either RDT or Seferovic most likely RDT right now um, is going to be moved to the bench in place of Tarapt who is going to move slightly up the pitch and try to set up the striker whether that striker is RDT or it is Seferovic Lige has shown some loyalty to the Swiss striker last year's golden boot winner um, almost as if he owes him you know the confidence and owes him the opportunities but um, I would go with whichever one is on form. Um, I won't be surprised if we see Tarapt in that role for a bit um, after this little period of playing as a center mid. Um, you know, plays out once, once, once uh, Gabriel is back. At least that's where I think he's going to go. We'll see what actually happens. Again, I'm suspicious as to who's calling the shots. So who knows 
what's going to happen going forward. But again, PZ um, having a couple of tough matches in a row. His finishing is not there uh, all of a sudden. And, um, you know, his pass, his decision making is not, not as good as it has been. And he's not been able to free himself up in the same areas he was able to earlier in the, in the season. And, um, a little bit concerning because we need we need we need somebody to step it up. We need somebody to take charge, and um, we'll have to see how this plays out. But uh, in the forty third minute, um, Seferovic's header from the center of the box misses to the left. Of course, he gets he just gets on the end of a cross from Grimaldo. Forty fourth minute, uh, Grimaldo now handles the ball giving a free kick to Morenes, and it leads to a Luther Singh right-footed shot outside the box, but it's right at Odie down the center of the goal, and we are going to go to halftime with that. Nothing doing in the first half, nil-nil. Um, and you had to think that Benfica, especially under Bruno Lage, come out strong typically in the second half. Um, we're starting to, to get away from that. So as we go into halftime, uh, I was looking for Benfica to come out strong, come out determined in the second half. They needed to turn things around. You know, they had just had a poor result uh, at midweek in the Champions League. Not a poor performance, but a poor result. Um, usually we get poor performances and decent results, but midweek it was the other way around, In my, at least in my opinion. But um, as we go to the half, okay, um, Morirens probably like where they are at the moment. Morirens, the last uh, season, you know, last season were, were one of the surprises. Finishing, I believe, in 6th or 7th place. Um, finishing in 6th as they just missed out on Europe. Uh, not only because they failed to register, but also because uh, Vitori Gimenez did nip them right at the end of the season in the final round and take 5th place from them. And the first half ends, you know, in a very even game. But you had to like Benfica's chances. I thought that they were creating more. I thought that they were were on the offensive. And things weren't going as you would hope. But I thought that there was something to build from there. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back with uh, the analysis of the second half. And here's a little bit of audio for you to go into the second half. Courtesy of Antenna U. Here's what the sec you know, the key moments of the second half sounded like on Antenna U. Não quer perder um segundinho sequer desta partida. Alteração também daqui a pouco na equipa do Benfica. É o tudo por tudo. A de Bruno Lage, bola para a direita, para o André Almeida. Vai ser empurrado por um adversário, pelo Machado. É insisto, cai o Lucas, a bola sai da equipa do Benfica. A bola foi lançada, a bola para o Realvado. Já para o cruzamento de Ruben. Atenção, segundo posto. Cabeceamento, Rafa 
Bona e vai a tentar meter a bola. Três minutos em que falta. Três minutinhos para o final da partida. Os homens do Benfica reclamam com o quarto árbitro. A bola vai ser levantada. Que recebeu a Welcome back to Mr. Benfica episode 30 and that was the sound of Benfica's two goals there uh, courtesy of Antena Um Great as always uh, the narration or the the play-by-play from uh, the Portuguese radio uh, network there Antena Um and let's get into the second half at Moreira dos Conegos all right um, and it was a fast-moving half. Those of you like me that hoped that Befica were going to come out strong to start the second half, well, we were all sorely disappointed. Um, 45th minute, uh, already a corner with under a minute in for Moreres, conceded by Ruben Dias. And off the ensuing corner, Alex Suarez's header from the center of the box was blocked, but a nice corner from Anthony de Alberto. And... Um, Early on, Befica look look nervous, look timid, looks tight coming out of the locker room for the second half. And in the 47th minute, they would pay the ultimate price for that as uh, we would have a cross coming in across the box. It would find its way all the way to the far right to the South African striker, Luther Singh, and his right-footed shot from that side of the box there would find the bottom left corner past Odie and an absolute uh, anticlimactic, <laughs> um, absolute anticlimactic moment in the match for the the majority of the fans in the stadium, of course, Benfica, uh, with the majority of the fans in the stadium, but the small contingent of local fans uh, separ- uh, supporting Moreirense, of course, are on their feet as Moreirense take a shock 1-0 lead early in the second half. And um, while I wasn't uh, panicking at this point, I, I was frustrated. You know, this team has been struggling. This team needed badly to come out strong in this second half. And they did not answer the call. Instead, coming out very flat and now find themselves on the wrong end of a 1-0 result here early in the second half. Maybe we could try to get things going. 54th minute, they will get a corner conceded by... Fabio Pacheco, but nothing doing as um, the 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 good the very good um, the very good formation the very good uh, system of play for the home side really limits Benfica spaces and um, with uh, Tarapt working hard to try to get in between the lines and trying to get the ball trying to make passes and break the defensive lines, but. 
Mefica having all kinds of trouble here in this one. Uh, in the 54th minute, Rafa taken down again, this time by Luther Singh. Um, again, nothing comes from the set piece. Benfica this year really struggling on set pieces. Uh, very little has come out of set pieces aside from the penalty kicks. And, um, you know, you got to go back to, I believe, the Super Cup match where we get a free kick goal from Grimaldo. But since then, we've got nothing off of set pieces. And again, nothing there. As we get to the 59th minute, Seferovic sees his left-footed shot from the right side of the box blocked. More frustration for the Swiss striker. We saw him midweek score in the Champions League in a goal that ended up being a consolation goal. But it was so, so similar to the one he scored and had pulled back um, by VAR against Football Club de Porto. And um, he's trying to get his rhythm going. But again, having another shot blocked here. In the 61st minute, it's now Raul de Tomas who gets a header in the center of the box, but he heads it up over the bar. Also a very frustrated player, this Raul de Tomas, the Spanish striker who joined Befica, of course, in the offseason for a hefty £20 million price tag from Real Madrid, spending last season on loan at Rayo Vallecano, um, continues to struggle and look for his first goal of the, in a Benfica jersey, I should say. Um, here he gets a cross in from Andre Almeida, but his header is just too high. And in the 62nd minute, just a minute later, another attempt missed. Fejo, this one, tries one from distance with his right foot, but it's just too high. And it's starting to look like you start to wonder, is Benfica, is this the day that they just can't get one in? And are we about to drop two more points? Um, the pressure definitely is is showing on not just these players, but on Bruno Lage. If you look at his his body language during these matches, you look at him a lot with his hand in his in his, his head in his hands, or his face covering his hands as he's he's. You can see visibly frustrated. Things are not working out. Um, he and his staff have some work to do. They have to turn this around, regardless of what players are on the field. This the quality of play on the pitch. The quality of play of the you know, whatever team is put on the field has to improve. This this isn't excusable at this point. Maybe I'm being a little hard, but Befica have to set that bar higher. Okay. We've been talking about this. It's been in all of the all of the discussion. Wherever you listen to Benfica discussion, whether it's on BTV, whether it's you know, online forums, whether it's uh whether it's on the podcasts, you know, the YouTube shows, um Benfica, everybody wants a higher standard for our club. It's not good enough anymore to just go out there and grind out results and win the league. Okay, We're out of the Vietnam era. It is time to, to raise the level. We need to be more dominant, and we need to just... We need to be more dominant so that we can carry momentum, carry dominance, raise our level, and compete better um, in Europe. But... In this one, we're struggling in this match. 65th minute, it's uh, Fasia bringing down Luther Singh uh, in his own half in a needless foul. Fasia doing what he can, but really, again, just 
is his time seems to have come and gone at this club. But for whatever reason, he is the one playing. Samari is not even on the bench in this one. Uh, no explanation. This is where I'm getting a little frustrated. How can a guy who was so key last year, down the stretch, a guy who, who delivered so many big performances and who was the captain without the armband, he was the real captain on the field last year, Andreas Samadish. How can he just fall off the face of the earth? How is he not even, you know, on the bench? And, and you know, Maz from... from, uh, from Azagish tweeted out a picture, and it, it it sums it all up. It's a picture of Befica's bench, okay, and it's it's all kids, okay. Yeah, we love the formation. Yeah, we love the academy players, right? And we want to produce our own players. I agree with all that, but you cannot just go to a match on the road on a tight pitch and expect that. You know you're gonna you're gonna make a comeback with with kids, okay? That's naive, okay? And the club is is acting very naively right now, especially at least in terms of match day selection, in terms of player selection. And the picture just shows the caption was was fantastic. It was in Portuguese. It was like it was shows on the bench, and it's like no banco. Jardel a tomar, a tomar conta de, de creche or something like that. Basically, Jardel taking care of the children, taking care of the 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 the, the daycare, if you will, um, of just the kids. As you see, Tomas Tavares, you see uh, David Tavares, you see Nun Tavares, you see Jota, you see. You know all of the kids there on the bench, and where where is a guy like Samarij? This is a game where you need somebody like him, and this is nothing against Fasia, but Fasia is just status quo right there. He's average at best, and I mean I have so much respect for Fasia for the way he has played in the past, and again, vision, positioning, nobody was better than he was at that you know, in those peak years here for this club. But, you know, he, he just can't do it anymore. He doesn't offer as much. Uh, barely, he barely offers, you know, defensive cover. These guys are quick for him. Um, very, very frustrated. But in the 66th minute, Bruno Lage will go to the bench to another one of the kids. And it is the return of the previously injured Jetson Fernandes to the starting, to not the starting lineup, but to the first team. And it just seems like whenever somebody is injured and cleared, they go right into the team. Um, but we did need a bit of offensive injection at this point. So it was an understandable substitution. 65th minute, Jetson on for Fasia. And in... The 65th minute here. It is a yellow card for Nene as he goes down, but the referee deemed it to be a simulation. Nene of Morenes goes into the book for simulation. 70th minute. It is Rafa getting getting cut down once again, this time by Yagu Santuj. Uh, no booking on this one, but this is like the fifth time already in this match I have said Rafa cut down and I've skipped a few of them because it happens so often 
Raul de Tomaj takes the free kick, but it is blocked by the wall. The free kick comes right back to him, though, and he hits it on a half volley left foot. It actually gets a good hit. Uh, it goes just wide, and you can feel the frustration people are starting to have. The impatience Befikishas are starting to have with Raul de Tomaj. I noticed this watching this with my own father, and he just gives it the old... He makes that that sound he makes when he does not approve of something. That's what he used to do when he coached. He would do that loud. And I try to reason and say he hit the ball well. He goes, eh, hitting it well is not good enough. He's paid 20. You know, we paid 20 million not to have him hit it well. Paid 20 million to have him score. This is some intense pressure. You know, if my father's saying it here in the United States, watching it on TV, Raul de Tomas is hearing it everywhere he goes. And it does not help the player very much. And, um... But, you know, this this is the reality of playing at Benfica. And this is the reality of coming in with a high price tag. It comes with high expectation. I'm holding out faith that this, this is going to turn around for this player. I see the quality there, even if no one else does at this point. I mean, there's things he does very well. There, he's he he's stuck in, in a groove here where um, he's lost his rhythm at his normal position. Because you saw him start there in the Champions League. You saw him try to get it going. It's like the head knows what to do, but the body has forgotten because he's spent so much time playing in a different role, playing in a foreign role. Um, but really, really, um, I believe it could be just one goal away from turning all around for him. I've seen this at players at, at various levels where, and then they get that first goal, monkeys off their back, and they return to their old form. Uh, I'm really hoping that this that's where this is going to turn out for RDT. And hoping that he is going to turn this around very soon. 74th minute, Brunelage goes to the bench once again. It is Caillou Lucas, CL7, coming on. And PZ once again being subbed off. And a very disappointing performance for PZ, for the reigning assist king. Um, but again, PZ, PZ, if you follow his time at Benfica since he's been a regular, uh, I think you'll see a pattern in that he starts out of the gates flying, and no different this season. Six goals shared, top of the t you know top of the the, the leaderboard as a goal scorer. Then the first international break comes in. He tends to get called into the September international window all the time because he starts the season so well. And then it's like he loses his rhythm in that, in that you know, whatever it is, 10-day period. And he starts to slow down. And we hit later into September and then into October. And PZ hits a little lull. And then he comes back later in the season. So let's see where, where his form goes in the next, you know, the next two, three weeks or so. A lot of matches coming up. Big matches. Tight matches. Another international window uh, right around the corner. So let's see where PZ's play goes from there. 75th minute. A minute after Benfica go to the bench, it's time for Morenes to go to the bench as Luis Machado will come on and replace the goal scorer, Luther Singh. Um, no no doubt a, a tactical switch for the home side. In the 75th minute, uh, Jetson is brought down by Philippe Suarez, giving Benfica a free kick in the attacking half. However, the subsequent play, we see a foul um, surrendered by Raul de Tomas on Alex Suarez. 
We move forward, and we're in the 78th minute. Frustration starting to boil over as Bilal is taken down in the attacking half by Delta Rapt. The Benfica midfielder is shown the yellow card. And one criticism I do have of this guy, okay, I, I will admit... The strides he's made, I will admit, when he does things well, I know how polarizing a figure he is for Benfica Nation. I'm not going to get into that. But one thing he really, really irritates me about this player is he's good for a, a needless card. It seems like, you know, once every two matches or so. Another one here, a bad foul on Bilal. He goes into the referee's book. He needs to get refocused. Um... And again, the lack of a, a true captain on the pitch right now. You know, Andre Almeida is is the captain in name. He's wearing the armband. But a real fiery leader on the field is lacking. Again, I'm calling for that to be Samaric. Where is he? If anyone has seen Andreas Samaric and... Knows what's going on. Please, by all means, tweet it at me. At Mr. Benfica. I mean, at Benfica Mr., excuse me. Or send me a DM at Mr. Benfica on on uh, Instagram. Neil, I'm sure you have an opinion on this <laughs> yeah, by now. Uh, you know, everybody knows who Neil is. He is the super fan, as I call him. And uh, I do hear from him on most weeks. I do, I do have conversation with him uh, via messaging, you know. On most weeks, um, big Tarap supporter. But Neil, tell me, uh, what do you think, and anyone else for that matter? Where, what's going on? Where is Samarish? Um, I've given you what I think it might be. Um, the the theory that I am giving out, uh, I honestly don't remember who I heard say it at first, but it makes complete sense to me. Um, not sure if it was the guys on Befica podcast. I'm not sure if I heard it in Portuguese uh, on Befica FM. Perhaps that's where I heard it. But I heard that theory and it rung a bell with me right away that maybe uh, Samadij is a threat to the financial side of the club and he's a threat to the $100 million price tag the club, the club wants to slap on Florentino. Um, Florentino, of course, a great player, but out injured right now. And... Um, Again, he's uh, Samarish to me is sorely missed. I know he didn't start the season well. For whatever reason, he was hardly used in the preseason, hardly played in the preseason. Um, we don't know what that reasoning was. I think to th- I tend to think it had something to do with wanting to sell a Sama- uh, to sell Phasia in that in that transfer window. It did not happen. Um, and Samari did not get the preseason he needs. I, I'm sorry, Bruno Laish can talk about playing in friendlies against FC Cristos of Baltimore and against you know uh, you know playing against Academica of Newark and things like that or Academica of, of Santa Clara um, out in California. All that he wanted to at the time, but that's not the same. Um, and of course, he didn't when when he was needed to come in. He didn't play well, of course, because we we learned last year that Florentino and Samaris together does not work. And we went to it in a key game against Porto this year, and it did not work. And it you know it seems like Bruno Lage has at least 
decided or he's been allowed to decide that that tandem does not work in midfield, even though, you know, we're still banging our heads against the wall with the, the strike tandem. But anyway, for whatever reason, we are missing that little bit of leadership on the pitch. That's why I went on that little tyrant off off topic. Um, we are missing that little bit of leadership on, and as a result, we get a we get a needless yellow card here from a player that's a little bit emotional. But anyway, Mavica press forward, and um, we get to the eighty fourth minute now, and as as we just had had a substitution, Fabio Abreu had entered the match, replacing Nana uh, for Morenes and Jota. Um, Jota had just come on for Andre Almeida as well. So again, now another veteran off the pitch, and it is literally all kids out there with Tarapt and Feja and and Seferovic and RDT. So you got like, you know, you got six kids on the field right now playing with four veterans. But it, it all works out in this one as we get a cross from Ruben Diaz, a nice ball sent law sent diagonally into the box and we have Seferovic and RDT in the box, but the ball goes off of the defender from Morenes. He flicks he in an attempt to clear it, flicks it right to where Rafa is standing. Rafa, with the quick reaction, heads the ball into the far post from the from his uh, his. F- he's just slightly to the goalkeeper's right, I guess in the right center of the box, and he heads it to the far post, and he beats the goalkeeper far post, and. Benfica have drawn level as it's now 1-1 and a huge sigh of relief, a huge alleviate for myself at least and for the Benficistas in attendance in Moreira dos Conegos. And Super Rafa celebrates his second goal of the season and there's still hope with four minutes to play. At this point, um, I had thought to myself, well, I think they can still get this. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought, even though the, the, the play was bad, and my confidence was not at an all-time high before the goal, but once they drew level, I had a feeling there was a good chance we could still rescue all three points here. As in the 90th plus one, it would finally happen. As you heard there from Antenna, the ball finds its way all the way out left to Jota and the young winger, um, given very little time, makes the most of it in this one as he serves in a brilliant in-swinging cross right onto the head of the employee of the month as he's being called now by everybody there in the box. It is Harris Seferovic heading it into the far post and the bench uh, is off its feet. I mean, the, the stadium erupts, the bench is off his feet. <laughs> Seferovic does his best Usain Bolt impersonation as he sprints towards the bench. Does about a 60-yard sprint to do a double-knee slide. And you can see the first one there to greet him was was Tomasz Tavarz, who came onto the field. And 
jubilation and relief, uh, a mixture of both emotions from the Benfica faithful, from Benfica nation that is spread out across the world, myself included, and uh, very relieving to take away three match, three points in a match that we maybe necessarily didn't deserve it. Um, Bruno Lage, even with the lack of focus, as he was on the field applauding the fans before the game was over, thought he had heard the final whistle. He went on to the field of play to pay homage to the fans. Let's listen now to his post-match uh, comments. He's just going to talk a little bit about um, coming into the match. He gives some credit to the the opponent, and he thanks the fans for uh, their undying support there. So uh, here is Bruno Lage in the post-match press conference. Intervenção sem antes. Dizer-vos que a minha... Já pedi desculpa à equipa de arbitragem. Pela minha entrada em campo. Mas pela forma como o árbitro apitou. E a vontade enorme de agradecer o apoio que aqui estivemos. Que desde o primeiro... O último minuto não nos julgou, apoiou-nos imenso e esta vitória é inteiramente deles, ajudaram-nos imenso e a, a, a virar o jogo. O facto é, primeiro, um, um campo com uma relva extraordinária, mas com aquilo que nós sabíamos, com, com dimensões reduzidas e que um, nos cria muita, muita dificuldade. Um, a equipa do Moreirense sempre muito bem, muito bem organizada, em termos de organização defensiva sempre um 4-1 compacta a não, nos, a não nos dar o espaço entre linhas com, com, especialmente na primeira parte com um controle muito bom na sua profundidade também não, não nos deixar ganhar esse espaço mas mesmo assim criámos algumas oportunidades de gol, penso que poderíamos ter chegado ao intervalo em vantagem And that was the manager, Bruno Lage, there talking about, uh, first of all, giving giving some compliments to the home side. First saying that the pitch was fantastic with the exception of the the dimensions. They're, they're very small. They're very reduced, making the game or the match very difficult for Benfica. And then complimenting Moreirense on their, on their positioning and on their defensive uh, defensive shape. And he said that they played in a very well-executed 4-1, 4-1, the way he saw it. And always uh, blocking space and not allowing Benfica to play in between those lines. And really making life difficult for Benfica. I do apologize as my voice is continuing to deteriorate here. We will get through this this episode, this podcast. It's going to be a little bit accelerated now. We're going to go right in to the goal point ratings, all right? So we'll start with the ratings for the players from Morenes, all right? So, Passinato, the goalkeeper, 4.7. João Aurelio, the right back, 7.7. Iago was a 6.0. Steven Vitoria, 6.2. Javan, no rating, as you remember. He left the match in the sixth minute. His replacement, Di Alberto, was a 5.9. Bilel was given a 4.0. Well, Fabio Suarez was given a 4.1. Uh, 
Fabio Pacheco, 6.1. Alex Swarsh, 5.5. Luther Singh, a 6.6. And Nene, the the striker, giving up 5.0. And for Benfica now, the ratings. Uh, Vlacodimos in goal. Odi earned a 5.7. While the left back, Grimaldo, 6.7. Ferru, 5.1. As he continues to, to be in a little bit of a slump, Ferru's form as of late has not been the best. Um, for someone who is so regularly consistent, he has been a little bit down. I'm a little concerned about that. Perhaps, um, perhaps it we need to use. Um, perhaps Jardel needs to play once in a while in the league, not just in the League Cup. Um, I think perhaps a a little bit of a change of pace and a little bit of a rest. Or even just a wake-up call for the young uh, defender, Ferro, could be a good thing. Um, the fact that he's becoming, you know, like a shoe-in, automatic uh, starter match after match may not be a good thing for him. Ruben Dias, 6.1. Andre Almeida, 5.6. Pizzi with a low 4.6. He was Benfica's low earner of the match. He was Benfica's worst-rated player. Like I said, he is in a slump as well. Need him to get better. But um, if you watch the trajectory of most of his seasons with Benfica, this is actually kind of normal for this time of the season. For Pizzi, Fasia earns a 5.6. Tarapt also a 5.6. Rafa puts in a man-of-the-match performance according to the goal point with an 8.0, while Seferovic a 6.6 in the game-winning goal. Raul de Tomas, RDT, 5.3. Frustrating night again for the Spaniard. Jota not on the pitch long enough to earn a rating, though he did earn an assist. Caio Lucas given a 5.4. And Jetson a 5.6. Let's go right to the statistics for this match. And we have in the first statistic here... Bear with me as it pulls up on my screen. Uh, Benfica winning the possession battle 62% to 38%. Total shots, Benfica 21 to Morenes' 7. Chances created, Benfica's 15 to Morenes' 5. Big chances, only 3 for Benfica in compared to with all their other chances. While Morenes had just 1 and they scored on it. Accurate passes for Benfica, 487 accurate passes for a success rate of 85%. While Morenes had 259 accurate passes for a success rate of 74. Benfica with 15 fouls to Morenes' 12. Of those 12 for Morenes, uh, 7 or 8 are on Rafa. Um, corners, Benfica wins that battle 5-3. to three. One, Each team was offside once. We look at the the duels in this match. Okay, 131 duels disputed, and Morenes won this battle. They outworked Benfica 71 duels to 60. Um, Benfica with 21 tackles uh, attempted, only 12 succeeded. Morenes with 26 aerials won and 19 interceptions. You can see here where Benfica kind of really struggled in this match and did not play as well. Um, but in, at the end of the day, Benfica gets the three points. All right, let's go to the table as it stands right now at 1.20 a.m. on the 28th of September, Saturday the 28th. 
here um, on the east coast of the United States. So Boavista and Tondela have already played their seventh matches. So the this table includes those results. Fumalicão are first with um, with 16 points. That's five victories and a draw. Benfica right now second uh, with 15 points on a plus 12 goal difference. One ahead of Football Club do Porto, who in reality are the actual second place team. Benfica ahead of them on goal difference only because head-to-head does not enter the equation until the teams have played each other twice. Boavista, one of the surprises of the season. They are fourth right now. Boavista with 11 points from their seven matches. Well, Hiuav, my preseason pick for that fourth place spot. Uh, Hiuav are fifth right now with 10. Vitoria Guimarães right behind them on 9. And Tondela also with 9 in 7th. Sporting Club Portugal, they continue to plummet as they find themselves in 8th place right now with 8 points and only a plus 1 goal difference. 10 goals scored, 9 allowed. And um, I said Silage would pop up somewhere and Silage was named their manager today. So the coaching carousel continues. Lionel Pont does not win a match in charge of Sporting's first team. I'm assuming he's on his way back to the U23s or perhaps he's been sacked. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Ninth place is Santa Clara. They also have eight points, but they have a uh, a goal difference of minus one. Vitoria Stubel and Moreirense share 10th and 11th uh, on seven points. Gil Vicente with six in 12th. Portimonense with five in 13. Bullinish said, a.k.a. Coast City, five points. They're in 14th as they lose out on goals scored. Okay. Maritimu are 15th with five, but they've picked up a couple in a row now. Braga, Sporting Braga, the fourth club in Portugal, the team that is pushing to make it a big four, find themselves in 16th place after six rounds this season. Only five points, a negative four uh, goal difference. How much more rope does Sapinto have? I guess if he keeps winning in the Europa League, maybe the, he, he may make it till Christmas. We will see. I don't know about that, but Passos Ferreira out of the basement for the first time this season. They're in 17th now on four points as they have moved out of last place with their victory over Sportivo de Zavage. Let's go now to the leaders. Okay, let's get the leaders here. As we will start with goals. As you give me just a moment to pull it up here. So in goal scoring, the golden boot race, Porto's Zé Luiz has overtaken PZ for the lead. That is because Zé Luiz and PZ both have six goals apiece, but Zé Luiz has them all from open play, while PZ has two penalty uh, penalty goals. Third right now is Fabio Martins of Famalicão. He's got four. Bruno Fernandes is fourth with three. Bruno Moreira of Rio Ave is is fifth with three. Douglas Tanque of Passos Ferreira has three as well. Meiri Taremi of 
Rioav also with three. Musa Marega of Porto, Danielson of Tondela, Mohamidi of Avsh, Philippe Augusto of Rioav, all with three as well. Philippe Auguste, all three of his are from the penalty spot. Uh, Davidson, Daluj Pereira of Vitoria Guimarães with two, as is Enzo Zidane, the son of the great Zinedine Zidane. He's now suiting up for Avj this season on loan. Seferovic, Ediberto Tavares, Luis Felipe, Luther Singh, Marcano, Paulinho, Rafa, Rafinha, who's no longer in the league, Rodrigo Pinho, Wellington Jr., Wilson Eduardo, Dazian Maeda, Richard, Alex Telj, all have two. There's a lot of players with two goals right now, while Ahmed Hassan, Andre Almeida of Guimarães, not our Andre Almeida, Andre Almeida of Guimarães, Andre Pereira, Andre Santos, Andre Souza, Antonio Martinez, Ailton Beaumart, Bilal, Bozikar Krajev, Bruno Duarte, Carlos Vinicius, Denner, Diego Lopes, Edmund uh, Tasopa, Fabio Abreu, Yannick Babo, uh, sorry, Frank Yavis, Bembok, Francesio, Jetterson, Gedge, Guga, Iago Santos, Yuri, Jean Clay, João Pedro, João Teixeira, João Toro, Khalid, Kikas, Koki Anazi, Lorenzi, Lucas, Lucas Evangelista, Luciano Vieto, Luis Dias, Mahmoud Caraba, Marcelinho Marlon, Mohamed Diami, Perez Nene, Nuno Santos, Nuno Tavares, Patrick, Pedro Gonçalves, and about 12 more players each have won. Uh, you get the point there. And um, as the weeks go on, this list will hopefully get smaller, but that is the race right now for the Golden Boot. Is in terms of assists, we got Bruno Bruno Fernandes in the lead, of course, four assists for the Sporting player, uh, Mohamidi with three assists from Avs, Alberto Bueno of Boavista has two, uh, uh, Antonio Xavier with two, Tecatito Carono with two, Lucas Evangelista con two, and did I just I just did the half and half? You see that there? It's it's getting late. I'm doing the half Portuguese. Half English thing that is my real first language, you know, the where I said Tecatito con tu. And um, okay, so there there's 17 players with with two assists each. So we'll leave it at that. Those are the the stats this week. All right, we're gonna go and pay a bill right now. Um, and after the break, we'll have a quick a quick uh thought on the Tasa de Liga match against Victoria Guimarães and hopefully my voice will make it through that segment. Stay right there. This is Mr. Benfica, of course. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu on Twitter, as always, at Benfica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Stay right there. And welcome back to Mr. Benfica, episode 30. And here in this final segment, we're going to talk about the League Cup, the Allianz Cup, as it's called for commercial reasons. We call it the Tasa de Liga or the Tasa de Cerveja, some of us call it. Um, the group stage kicks off uh, this past uh, Wednesday for most of the clubs. Here's a roundup of the results. Gil Vicente at home loses 2-1 to one to Portimonense. And uh, Benfica 0-0 at home to Vitória Guimarães. 
Porto with another 1-0 uh, victory over Santa Clara. It was their second time playing Santa Clara in four matches. And then the result yesterday on the 26th. Um, Sporting at home beaten once again by Riwa for the second time in about 10 days. Um, or maybe a little bit more than that. Second time in about uh, two and a half weeks or so. So the tables right now, Group A has no matches played in it yet. Group A includes Braga, Maritimo, Passos, Ferreira, and Pinfiel. Group B, um, only Benfica's game has been played so far. Benfica and, and Vitoria, obviously, uh, with one point each in the, in this group. No goals scored for either. Sporting Covilhã and Vitoria Stubel are the other two teams. They'll play later, uh, later this fall um, in that match. Group C, Portimonense and Rio Ave are top, each with three points, both of them winning by 2-1 score lines. Gilles Vicente and Sporting are the bottom two in Group C. And in Group D, Porto already has the early lead in the group uh, with three points. Santa Clara at the bottom with a loss. And Casapia and Chaves are the other two teams in the group. They will play on October the 4th. So let's go into this really quickly. Um, I'm not going to talk much about this game. This was a squad rotation day, um, much like the Champions League game, ironically, but some different. I asked for Samadij. I got Samadij for for 65 minutes in this match. All right, so Guimarães lined up with Douglas in goal. Florent was the left back. Pedro Henrique, the center back. Frederico Venasia in the other center back place. And we have... Uh, Saku as the 17 at the num wearing the number 17 as the right back and then we have uh, in midfield Marcus Edwards Poha Doha and Lucas Evangelista up front da uh, Davidson Andrea Pereira and Hoshinia the former Benfica youth player Benfica would line up with Zlobin on in goal making his first team debut Tomas Tavares, Ruben Dias, Jardel, and Nuno Tavares across the back, while Jetson, Samaris, Tarapt, and Caio Lucas made up the midfield, and Seferovic partnered with Jota uh, up front in the 4-4-2. Jota given another run as the second forward there. Um, I think it's becoming evident that he is a left-sided player. He's he's more of a, a wide player than he is a a supporting forward. So here are the substitutions. I just wrote down Befica's substitutions. There's no goals to talk about. Um, Rafa came on in the 60th for Jota. Gabriel comes on, like I said, in the 65th. He replaced Samadish. And RDT came on for Caio Lucas in the 81st. Um, a little, I'm a little disappointed that, uh, the club went with that the club went with the squad rotation in this match um i thought i hoped i guess i didn't really think this but i hoped that uh befica were going to we're going to play a stronger squad and here's why okay befica are struggling befica are in desperate need of a solid match of a strong performance they're in need of scoring some goals 
Um, I don't agree with taking it easy, even if it is the League Cup at this stage. We are in September. Why are we rotating players? Why what are we why are we already worried about fatiguing players? We should have enough players hungry to play, okay? Um this is why can't these players play two matches a week at this stage in the season? This early, you know, they they've had their preseason. What was the preseason for if it was not to prepare for this? Okay, we have too many injuries. The medical, I don't know what goes on with this medical team, but it's like Benfica gets an injury, the player is injured for twice as long as the players on other teams. At least it, it that's the appearance that's being that's being presented I, they're struggling to keep players healthy but part of it maybe the we're, we're either overtraining or we're undertraining either way players should that needs to be corrected cuz players should be able to play two matches a week at this stage i mean come on this is the league cup but it, the club is struggling we just eked out a difficult result that should not have been that difficult. With all due respect to Moreirense, who are one of the better teams in the league, you know, after the big three, they're one of the better teams. But it should not, um, should not have been that hard. And we were, frankly, we were lucky to walk out of there with three points. You kill that momentum when you rotate three quarters of the squad. Even if it is a league, a league Cup match, I know there's Champions League on the end, but I have no confidence that we're not going to rotate players on Wednesday in Russia. I mean, I think we're overdoing the the squad rotation. Really, that that the attitude of this club needs to change. I don't like it. Okay, this is not the Benfica vencedor, the Benfica guerreiro, the Benfica you know conquistador that we want this is not the Benfica that that you know guys like Alfredo and, and, and Cristiano talk about that they grew up with that on those famous nights we're missing grit we're missing desire we're missing passion in this team right now missing belief I just I don't think this was the right time to I know it's just the league cup but I think right now players need playing time when you're playing well you want the you you want to let that that momentum ride. When you're not playing well, you want that next game to be right away. You want to change the course, change your trajectory, change your momentum. And I think Befica missed out on an opportunity to to gain some momentum here in this match. Now we're going to go into the last two matches of this League Cup group stage, having to win and to having to outscore Vitoria Guimarães. Not going to be easy. Okay, because I, I I would fancy Vitori Gimaraj to pick up six points in these next two matches. They want to win a trophy badly. Okay, they're gonna put it. They're not gonna rotate their squad in the League Cup. They're gonna put strong team. They're gonna put a strong team on the pitch in the League Cup because they want to get to that final four. All right. Um, that's gonna be it for this week, everybody. Uh, special thank you to everyone who reached out throughout the week. Of course, all the feedback I get, I appreciate it all. Also, a very special thank you has to go out to the Befica podcast and um, especially to to Alfredo on his, as he was closing his show this week. He was, you know, he he was encouraging people to check out the other Befica uh, podcasts. You know, he mentioned the Azagis, he mentioned Befica after ninety, and then I I was pretty pumped when I heard him mention Mr. Benfica. Alfredo, thank you very much. I can't express how how uh, much it means to me to hear that. And of course, 
everybody check out Benfica podcast, check out Azagias, check out Benfica After 90, check out História Gloriosa if you haven't caught the new episode, Benfica FM, okay, uh, O Brinco de Batista, check them all out, all right, they are out there, there's so much good stuff out there, Benfica related, all right, um, check out Luigi's YouTube uh, channel as well, Vintiu, all right, check it all out, there's so much good stuff out there. Uh, let's get behind this team, all right? Um, every th- any criticism I make, I do want to say I m- I make a criticism to be constructive. I'm not here to complain, okay? That's and I'm not even here really to comment. My my goal is to talk about the match, to talk about inside the four lines, talk about lineups, talk about tactics. When there's something outside of that, I think needs addressed. I'm gonna address it. I feel I have that responsibility with this platform now that I have here. Um, if something, if I see something, I feel the responsibility to say it. And of course, by all everybody, you're more than more than than welcome, and you have every right to disagree with me. It's all good, okay? It's all good as long as what we all want is the advancement and the betterment of our Benfica. So until the next episode, hopefully this this voice will improve. Until the next episode, uh, have a good week. Enjoy the match. It's Saturday, 2 o'clock Eastern Time here uh, on the Eastern Time here in the United States, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, and that makes it 7 p.m. Uh, Lisbon Standard Time. All right, Benfica, Vitoria Stubal, BTV, Gold TV, wherever you normally watch. The Liga Naj, uh, catch it, okay? Um, Força Benfica, carrega Benfica, damu 38. Goodbye, everybody. Signing off, this is the Mr. Mike Agustinho.